The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Um, my name is Luke Turrell. I'm joined by my brother, Matthew Turrell. Matthew, how are you? Hello. I'm okay, thanks. See you in Easter egg. Can't be bad. Lovely stuff, mate. Yeah, it's a good Friday today. And this is the third uh, isolation podcast of the Six Pointer Podcast series. So uh, we had the first one, which was with David Hilperty and Lee Usher, who are Celtic and Sunderland fans, respectively, just talking about the general situation with football at the moment. And then we had uh, Yamas Lindhart and uh, Anders Buren on to talk about how it affects Denmark. And now we're going to go back to, go back to a bit of uh, what the pod normally is, so a bit of Palace chat, which is uh, something I think we've, uh, we've been missing, obviously, since our last game, which was, Christ, when was our last game? Over, feels like over a month ago now, is it? Five weeks? I think five, five weeks now, yeah. Yeah, like you say, it does feel like a long time ago. A lot's happened, obviously, in the world since then. And obviously football... Uh, very much takes uh, backstage with um, something like this, but um, yeah, not not going to lie, I am, I am missing it. Yeah, it it, it it certainly, you know, I think you appreciate when you don't have it how much it brings people together and how much how much of an important part it plays in your in your life. You know, I think that especially for me and you, obviously, you know, we we see each other when we go to the games, and it's quite nice to have that that time. And yeah, have, not having that, I think uh, we appreciate it a lot more when we do. Get it back, but I think you're right though. Even just little things like um, having a bottle. Yeah, but, but little <laughs> things. No, but we joke, but seriously, like things like the routine of it. Mm. So you know, you know, you leave your house at roughly uh, the same sort of time. You know, me and you obviously meet up at, at your place, and I'm obviously rushing. I'm normally rushing to get some food from over the road yeah. uh, before be we like. peg it up to the ground, and then. You know, maybe have a beer or, like you say, a bother or a cup of tea. Just, just the little things that, that are part of the, the 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 experience of going to a game. Uh, you know, whether the home or away, or even you know, if you can't get to a game, you find like the telly, the whole sort of build mm. up to it, the the feeling in your stomach, which sometimes isn't very nice, but when you don't have it, you kind of want it back. So yeah, I don't think you're right. It does make you realise quite what you um, haven't got, and um, and yeah, long, long, long. Um, well, soon maybe get back to to uh, better times and um, and getting back to that routine. Yeah, definitely. But it certainly gives us a lot of ch- time to think. And me and you have been talking about doing a, a Palace-related podcast for a, well, a couple of weeks now, haven't we? Um, and, you know, it gives us a chance to reflect over, you know, our favourite Palace memories, you know, um, and, and bits and pieces. Um, and you kindly, you know, suggested some ideas. I bounced some back. Not many. But, um, you know, this is this is, this is is mainly your, your brainchild. So thank you, Matthew. Must have missed your ideas coming back. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think they got uh, caught up on the post. You know, the oh, delayed and all this uh, this stuff going at the moment. So uh, you'll get it tomorrow. I think it'll be fine. Um, but this start for the big one then. Um, your favourite ever Crystal Palace match, and I, I, we're going for games that you've attended. We're not we're not going to go for ones where you've watched a stream or ones that you have to be in person with. So go on, your your favourite ever Crystal Palace match, Matthew. So this one, I. Um... I sort of juggled around in my head. Um, my first game was obviously very special, so I think we did a, a pod, didn't we, before with Ian and um, and Russ, and we talked about some of these things. And I mentioned my first ever game, Notts County. Um, I can't remember if it was, was it New, did I say it was New Year's Day ninety one ninety two? I can't remember which year, which year it was even ninety one ninety two. Yeah, uh, but it was certainly very cold. I remember that Marco Gabbiadini scored the only goal. I remember everything about that experience. I remember going up and get a program I've, I think I've still got it somewhere which our old cat treacle threw up on so I've still got a thin <laughs> cat sit cover Collectors are not. Um, but I remember that I remember going with uh, one of our family friends um, our, our dad and our granddad worked with a chap called John Nightingale yeah. who um, I believe is still still going now um, I think he's still in the upper tier isn't he yeah I believe so yeah uh, so he took me to my first game. gave his son Paul went a season ticket with him and he couldn't go so I, I, I was fortunate enough to get the nod to go so I remember everything I remember the smell of the grass and walking down into the Arthur Waite uh, being very cold sort of the the sound of the of the boots on the on the grass obviously it was a bit of a a bit less of a um, pretty pitch mm. big shout out to Gareth 
for making it a bit of a different situation. <laughs> now. But, um, but yeah, back then it was it was it was like going down the going down the park and and you know the smell and the and the uh, the aromas of a, of a football match. So yeah, it was it was very authentic and that it really did take me. I've been wanting to go for a long time and I remember the. The, the, the sort of the, the scoreboard flashing up the eagles mm. and the the palace eagle used to come up and sort of spin the ball in his yeah. finger and the yeah, goal wasn't it yeah yeah come on palace I, I, I remember everything about it I remember I always remember the one nil palace on their uh, score when we when we scored so yeah that 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 was one I juggled around in my head um, other ones like really successful ones like um, so things like playoff wins, obviously. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to go to the um, Sheffield United game where Hopkins scored right at the end. Um, I remember shedding a tear after that. That was pretty special. Uh, and then, you know, obviously in the recent years, we've been, uh, I think you and I have alluded to a number of times, very lucky and fortunate about some of the games that um, we've been to and had the opportunity, you know, some of the big teams that Palace have played and we've been able to see. And Palace have got victories, which... Yeah. You know, normally wouldn't be the well, historic wouldn't be the case. Palace normally get turned over against um, some of these teams. So yeah, so we've had very, very lucky. But my one is one that is stuck in adversity. I think it might be one that many people um, call on when they're asked this question. It's um, away at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, two all uh, last game of the season. The administration, most recent administration's uh, year, uh, twenty ten. Uh, that for me had everything. The nerves were jangling. Uh, oh, pretty much it was, ho- it was horrible wasn't it pretty much was, was was awful I think we went up did we go up by bus yeah we got a coach there yeah, yeah. and we got a train yeah. back is that right yeah I think so yeah yeah I think you're right yeah I remember, I remember getting the train back certainly because I remember being very hairy getting back to the station mm. um, but yeah everything about that day and I remember that night just getting home and being absolutely shattered just I had nothing left in me at all um but it had everything that game. It had pressure, you know. Obviously, for both teams, it was a massive game. Um, obviously, that stadium is a fantastic football stadium, a proper football stadium, yeah. and you know, the home fans were making some fantastic noise. But so the Palace away, I mean, how many were in the Palace we, away? We, we took six thousand that game, so we we made a hell of a racket. You know, it was a low roof, wasn't it? Like like, like you say, proper old ground, isn't it? And especially the away stand. You know, even though it's divided kind of into two tiers, but not really. It's kind of like a bit of a step, isn't it, rather than a tier, but. Yeah, we took 6,000 there and, and that was, I mean, probably the best Palace atmosphere I've, I've ever experienced. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic and, and you felt a real togetherness that season, didn't mm. you? Particularly when we got the the news we, we did. I remember we were at the Newcastle game when that news had, had uh, landed, excuse the pun, and Pete, I remember in the concourse, people having a beer and singing the, the minus 10, uh, what was it? Uh, going going down. down. Yeah, I'll be fuck, minus 10 and we're staying up. Yeah. <laughs> It started, started then, didn't it? But yeah, that, that game was massive. Uh, massive importance to both teams. Um, bullet-headed from Alan Lee. You and I, you and I um, were fans of Alan Lee, and I remember that that header was a bullet-header. Um, I often watch this game back, actually. I, I'll often look it up on YouTube, and, and um, on my old, I had it on my old Skybox. I haven't got it anymore. But um, I used to watch it back regularly. The whole game I used to watch back, but now I just watch the highlights. But... Yeah, the Alan Lee header. Then obviously I went to get a pie. You went to get a chicken body pie, didn't you? And Leon Clark absolutely made a fall out of uh, Danny Butterfield and curled a, curled a beautiful one in. But luckily for then, us, yeah. Then he broke his toe. He broke his toe. Or kicked, kicked, in, in his in his um, in his celebration, he did a Tamari Ketsbier and uh, kicked, the, kicked the advertising board and like an idiot broke his toe. And that was, no. a, I mean, you listen to some of the Palace players, you know, and they always say that. I think Sean Derry said recently that was like a turning point. You know, because it was like almost like a blow, obviously, to concede just before half time. But you know, the fact that their their goal scorer then has to go, get stretched off, and you, I remember seeing Alan Irvine and how angry he was. You know, because it was it was a stupid thing to do. You know, I know emotions are high, and you know, maybe he was frustrated, but what an idiot! Um, <laughs> what an idiot! But like you say, good for us. Yeah. And then I, I just remember the obviously the Ambrose goal. Scannell Ambrose goal absolute carnage that was still got the t-shirt somewhere yeah still somewhere um, yeah and then obviously uh, and then I don't know if I've ever been as nervous and tense I think I turned away for the last that. few moments I, 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 I remember not as I watch it I think it was I think it was when 
Just before Darren Purse scored to make it 2-2 in injury time, um, you turned around and said, I can't watch this. And you made me tell you exactly what was happening. I was commentating for you. Um, as that was Because I, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I couldn't, I couldn't actually understand why you couldn't watch it. You know, I was just like, I didn't want to watch it. But at the same time, I couldn't not watch it. You know, it was, it was of that much importance to me. I, I just had to, I had to, you know, it's, it's like, like a car crash. You can't, can't look away from it. It was um, one of their moments. For me, it would have been Palace all over to have lost that game. Like it really would have been. It would have been. It would have just. Uh, well, the 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 story of my Palace sporting career. I think probably up until that point, probably was that we always throw it away. We mm-hmm. always, you know, the big Maybe occasion. Men. Yeah, it's just it's always a always a um, something. It was always inevitable, but we didn't. And and you know, when Stern John missed that, oh my goodness oh, me! I All we should do is square it. I, th- I think we might come back into that with, with another sort of t- a talking point. We'll come back to later. That might, that might be up there. Um, but okay, so you're going with Hillsborough as your favourite ever Palace game. Yeah, go I on mean, you. I've got to follow suit in, in saying that I probably I'm probably going to pick one from that period because, like you said, you know that was at a time where I mean, me and you were going to pretty much every away game we could at the moment at that time. I don't know. We just went through a phase, didn't we? We, 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 we were just going to home away, home away. Obviously, we had their season tickets, but then every away game we were going to, really. Um, and, yeah, the togetherness from the fans, it was just, I don't know if you call it siege mentality or, you know, the Dunkirks, but whatever, you know, it, it really brought everyone together, that, that sort of adversity. Um, so there's a couple. I mean, one home and one away. I think the away one's just going just gonna to pip it for me. The home one's probably the game against... I'm going to say Sheffield United at home. I think it was um, was it Calvin Andrews scored and da- Darren Ambrose scored as well. It was a two 0 or two one win. I think um, it wasn't the Peterborough game, so it wasn't the first home game after he got. But it was it was it was soon after that. So that was probably for home atmosphere and, and favourite home game. I'm probably going to go with that one. But away, um, yeah, I think what was it three games or four games for the end of the season? Derby away. Um, First half, uh, we conceded like something stupid after like two minutes. And first half, we were absolutely atrocious. And uh, if, if anyone listens to Paul Hart's sort of season review, he said, you know, how that was probably the worst he'd ever seen Palace play. And he was so angry. And I think he, that was the, one, of the, one of the few times that Paul Hart maybe gave him a bit of a hairdryer treatment at half time. And we came out and we looked like a completely different team second half. And we were pushing and pushing and pushing, and then it was ridiculous. I think Stern John was on fire. Did he come on at half time? He might have actually came on at half time. He was a half time sub, wasn't he? Yeah. And and he he I remember him hitting the bar, hitting the post. Uh, I think Neil Downs had a couple of close shots as well, and then um, a couple minutes before before the end, Stern John gets a goal and uh, right in front of us runs right in front of us, and yeah, I just lost it. I I ran, you know, towards Stern John. Um, and along with a lot of our Palace fans, I think I was sort of like three or four in from the aisle, so I must have had to run run past a few people to get there. Um, but it was just an instinctive thing, and I just remember running into a crash barrier and waking up the next morning with a nice big bruise across my chest. Do you remember that? And we spotted it. I remember that that night at the Championship. On yes. the highlight. Spotted oh. you in the crowd. <laughs> ITV going absolutely mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the highlights are so good because it clips it flips back to after after that as well, and it shows you walking up the step going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. What about what about worst ever game then? Christ, most hated game. Well, worst of a game. Again, it's two, but it's going to be two away games. Uh, George Burley's last game in charge of 3-0 at Millwall. That was a humiliation. Punching hat-trick. That, that? that was horrible. But then the other one would be Edgar Davids' debut at Derby again, the 5-0 one. And I remember us having a hell of a trip up there. Um, stuck in so much traffic. It took ages to get up there, didn't we? Because we were driving. And um, yeah, got there only to see Claude Davis getting sent off after about twelve minutes, and then us getting absolutely spanked five nil, and uh, Robbie Savage, you know, absolutely controlling the game. I remember that very, very vividly. How about you? Worst game for you, or worst game, shall I say? But the middle one was bad. The performance was very bad, and they were absolutely goading us about that one. Yeah. Um, probably Charlton away. We got relegated. Yeah. Because we were so close, we so easily should have hung on to that one, 
and, and uh, Ledger Wood was was a real. He's a kind of player I like. You know, really hard working, gets stuck in, mm. real sort of work workhorse of a player. But he just the way he jumped on whoever that was back the charm players back to give away that free kick. Just we were hanging on with about was it eight minutes to go? Something, something wasn't like that wasn't long to go. And that, that was just so. I mean, that's why I say about typical players kind of throwing things away. That for me was we kind of threw that season away in, in a matter of minutes there and. I remember feeling so sick coming out there as well. Such a such a letdown. So that was probably that's probably my worst one. But yeah, like you say, we've seen some terrible. I mean, that Millwall away performance was awful. And yeah, obviously we knew Punching was a a local lad, and he sort of had a Palace um, connection. I think for Palace, yeah. so for him to get a hat trick was hard to take as well. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I seem to sort of. I seem to sort of think about punching that. I mean, at that time, as sort of a bit of a journey because he went on a few loans, and he obviously he was at loan at Mill. When he, I remember him going around doing the loan route a bit, and I sort of thought he was a bit of a journey. I never really thought much of him, if I'm honest. Um, but then, obviously, he just absolutely tore us apart that day. But I think, if anything, that was just a sign that the players had sort of given up from Burley, and you know, it was it was inevitable. You know, I think I think about two hours afterwards, the, the news broke that he'd been sacked, and not, I don't think anyone was surprised. To be honest with you. No, 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 not at all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking about away games, then let's talk about journeys to the to, to, to away games. What what journeys stand out to you as sort of strange or or eventful or? Uh... Well, so I remember that derby when I remember because you always remind me of that. I nearly <laughs> didn't hold us my bladder because we were stuck in the car for so long. Oh dear. You you were saying that I used a bottle, but I don't remember that. I, 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 I remember using a bottle, yeah. I remember Stuck really in traffic. banging on there. So that was one. Um, I'm a Donny away. Oh, Christ. That, that, that season. That was, wasn't that Easter? It was an Easter yeah. bank holiday, wasn't it? It probably was probably like bank holiday Monday, so it probably would have been this coming Monday, like, what was that, 10 years ago now? Yeah. We got a train. I remember it was a, I think it was a Virgin train. Oh. I just remember like, the aircon didn't work. Yeah. And it was about 23 degrees outside. And oh, my God. It was like an oven. That, I, just remember, I just remember sitting there just like being wet through. Just with sweat. That was horrible. And obviously, there was no drinks. Your head was banging. So that was that was pretty bad. That was about I a three-hour journey, was it? Three and a half hours or something like that to Doncaster, I think. And yeah, it was, it was terrible. Meaning it's a Leeds game. I, I, think it was that, I think that was the year. I think it was the year after admin, maybe. Yes. Neil Downs. <laughs> I think we might have got a couple of couple of coaches. I remember that being a long one because we might have to change. I think it was cold. It was cold as well. So I think again, it's funny, isn't it? They're all around that sort of time when, when like you said, we were going to lots of away games. Um, there's also my bladder seems to have a theme in it as well. Because I remember going to Reading away on a on a work night, and we must have had a few beers. Four two, wasn't it? Station, there'd be no toilets, and I was like, oh, I think I hid behind one of the. Um, statues go for a week <laughs> so, uh, so yeah a, a few a few ones there um, and yeah like you say those car journey ones can often be long particularly if you've lost as well there's nothing yeah. worse is there than being on a uh, in, you know stuck on the, on the motorway and having gone all that way and you know coming away for nothing yeah no certainly I always always remember when I was driving the worst bit I always hated was I, I didn't mind the motorways at all they were fine um, normally but it was coming back into London, sort of coming through North London and, and that sort of way, it was just hell, um, trying to get to the Black, Blackwood Tunnel and, and that was almost like a moment, once you know you're through the Blackwood Tunnel, you're, you're fine. You're almost home, half an hour to a home or 20 minutes to a home, so that, that was always nice. But I'm, I'm going to go with Premier League season, uh, 2013, 2013-14. Um, do you remember, we went up to Everton and it was there was a hell of a storm, wasn't there? And, and we stopped at Crewe um, I think I think crew was like literally the stop before we were going to get get off at Liverpool Lime Street I think or something like that, and um, yeah, th- th- there was uh, such a storm that it blew bits of the station roof at crew onto the overhead ra- wires, um, caught on fire, and we, we were told to evacuate the the train, weren't we? We all went across to this little pub opposite crew station, um, and we were there for like I don't know hour or so trying to find out what the hell was going on. People were getting cabs, they were paying God knows how much to get cabs to go to the game, and then the news broke. Obviously, that the game was was called off because of the weather, because it was unsafe, because they were worried about high winds and Everton's advertising boards or something like that, wasn't it? 
there was a fire at Crew Station as well. Do you remember that? That's, that's what I said. Yeah, it was, it was on top of oh, our sorry, train. Sorry, did you say that? Sorry. Yeah, it was on top of our train. That was that's what it was. Yeah, that's why we had to get out. Um, and then obviously because of that, they shut the electric off. So it was a good sort of two, three hours before we actually got on a train back. And I remember arriving back in Houston, just sort of really miserable about sort of midnight, thinking, "Oh God, what a hell of a journey." And, uh, but it all worked out in the end because when the game got rearranged, it was a Tuesday night and that ended up being the game that Palace won up at Everton and the game that made us mathematically safe that we, you say, up near, well, near enough mathematically safe, wasn't it? Because it was the West Ham the following weekend, was it? Yeah. I remember we, we got the only train back that night on from crew as well. We were very lucky. Really? Yeah, very, very lucky. Um, yeah, that, that was a difficult one, wasn't it? And you're right, we went, we made sure we went um, when it was rearranged because so I think we had a hotel booked everything we lost all of that so it was very frustrating yeah. and the next day I got a parking ticket so the luck uh, came came in uh, <laughs> I mean I was like, I'm related to Palace but yeah but all, all the things kind of but I think, I think you're right going, going back to it um, well, for the rearranged game was 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 good because we we did win as well. That was, a, that was a special night. So yeah, it was. And I remember the announcement. It was the the Everton uh, Tannoy, wasn't it? At the end, he was just he said something like, "Oh, well done, Crystal Palace. We'll see you next season," which was yeah. quite nice because you don't often get that sort of hospitality at, at uh, an away game. Um, so that was that was quite nice to have to have that. Um, and then for you know, always held a a bit of a soft spot for Everton as a, as a result of that. I think. Proper stadium as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we were near enough down the front, but it was, yeah, it was a, it was a great atmosphere. Um, yeah, as I said, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and we had a good night out in uh, in Liverpool afterwards as well. That's for sure. I mean, I know you certainly did. Not that you, not that you remember, it, obviously, but but there we go. Rum and coke with you. That's about that's about yeah. <laughs> good times. I just remember you sticking us in a hotel room that had no windows, and I'll, I'll never forgive you for that. That was awful. <laughs> we, went, of course, we went for a curry before the game, so it was uh, it was an awful experience to wake up to. Yeah, just me. <laughs> um, so you you alluded it to uh, to to earlier around sort of emotions at a game, but you, this this go for for two. Sort of, what was your proudest or happiest moment at a game, and and the time where you've been saddest or angriest and or, or sort of lost lost control, as I was alluding to earlier um, with the derby game. You know, if, if if you can think of any of examples of a sort of you know the, the highs and the lows, as it were. Well, obviously the um, Sheffield Wednesday one was a massive high. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but like I say, probably more relief than anything for it to be over and us to because I, I I was in the camp of believing that if Palace went down, they wouldn't have been bought. Yeah. Um, so I I was kind of thinking that was the end of our football club. Um, uh, or as we knew it, mm. so that that was probably one of them. I think I've I've found I've found some of the recent seasons. Um, I'll be really proud. You know, I think the job we always reflect on is the job uh, Hodgson does mm. and has done. I think probably the year before last, maybe in particular. Uh, you know, his end of season speech. You know, I, I felt a sense of pride there a lot of unity between the club. It's a funny one for me, but I, I found also George's testimonial quite sort of uh, emotional mm. as well. You know, he, the, the, the chap tried to talk on the mic, didn't he? I remember he couldn't, he couldn't hold it together, you know, and um, that's that feeling of, one of the reasons I think I've, I've got the uh, affection I have for Crystal Palace and not just, it's like a football club to follow, but feel affection because of the connection that the football club has with fans. And I, I did worry a little bit when we did go up to the Premier League um, that we might, you know, if, if we stayed there, we might we might lose it. And I must admit, I was always in the in the sort of group of people who, I didn't really mind the championship that much. So I liked a Tuesday night, yeah. Bristol City at home. Um, it's because we used to be able to sneak up to the upper tier and sit in the gallery when, uh, on a Tuesday <laughs> night because no one else, was, no other bugger was there. But the, the frequency of the games and more midweek games yeah. and less games being moved, more Saturday games at three o'clock because they're not being moved for the telly, that sort of stuff. So I was, little, I was a little bit worried that, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I know it's fantastic and, and I wouldn't have it any other way, but I think initially I was a little bit worried we might lose that connection between fans and um, and club and, and, and players. And I think that, that stayed. So I think you know, things like the Jules game probably... Um, Goodness me, I don't know. I'm gonna to have to come back to you on the 
Hello. Point an angry moment. I mean, I've, I've, you know, like you say, you think performances like the Millwall away ones. I've been, I've been to some bad Millwall aways as well. It's yeah. always, it's always a horrible place to lose there. I think probably on occasions where I've seen Palace fans let Palace fans down. Yes. Yeah. I remember being at a Reading away game once, and people were just getting a bit silly and sort of going for the home fans. It was just a bit. I think we were. I think we were losing. I remember I think. Q- QPR away. Do you remember that one as well? That was when that got. No, that was bad. And, the Sean Derry one yeah, wasn't even. He came up to calm the calm Palace fans down. Yeah, you getting yeah. pelted with beer bottles and coins and all that. There was there was some yeah. games that game, wasn't there? So again, again, I think back to the connection. You know, when you do get, you know, and it is a very, 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 very small minority yeah, of people. Um, when you do get an odd, the odd couple, but then you get a couple of others to join in maybe sometimes. Yeah, so I think those are do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but I don't think I, I, I'm one of these people that for me, as long as the players have given their rule, if we've lost, I don't mind. As long as you kind of, as they say, leave everything on the pitch, and you know, I can think of players. I know we're going to talk a bit about cult heroes, but I can think of players who, um, so I won't mention names now, but players who've really not been that te- technically gifted. But clearly, want to play football, have a love for football, and will give their all for the football club. Um, so, and, and 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 you get a lot of those at Palace. Palace seems to attract them, and again, I do think there's something there about the connection between the fans and the club. So, yeah, I think those sort of moments. But think things like the, you know the moments when the club does feel together. Admin season testimonials. Friedman ones was another. Friedman testimonials was another good one as well. That yeah. sense was well. And um, the Jeff Thomas game as well. That was good. You know, these aren't games that mean anything competitively, but they, they mean things to a football club and its fans and its connection with its players. Yeah, no, too right. I mean, I think for me, high, high, higher times or emotional times or, or you know, good times, if we're going highs and lows, so highs would be, um, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier the uh, the game against Everton, but the following one we went to on a Sunday, I think it had been moved, did it, did it get moved for TV? Um, it was the West Ham away one. That we went to that that no, was bad. I think that was a Saturday. Was that sorry? Um, I think in the uh, the following season got moved for TV. I think wasn't it? But yeah, the, the Cameron Jerome got fouled in the box by um, I think it might have been Winston Reid. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, it was I remember it being a silly challenge, something they didn't need to do. It was a stalemate game, and uh, yeah, Miller Yenak stepped forward and obviously scored. And remember the kid running on the pitch. Oh, put his arm out. <laughs> like, no, don't do it, don't do it. He, he got taken away straight away. But um, at the end of that game, you know, the fans came and did, you know, link the arms and celebrate in front of us. And that was that was a special moment because I was, you know, I think even in even in uh, the start start of the year, I think January time, um, I was of, of the very much of the opinion that we were going down. You know, I, I never expected us to stay up. Um, I know Pulis took over in November and, you know, we had a couple of decent results to start with, but, you know, I thought we just didn't have enough in us. Um, I thought we would end up going down. So to, to, to turn around that much and for us to, to stay up and do it obviously at West Ham as well, again, which was a, you know, a good ground to go to. I always, jo- always enjoyed our games we went to there. Um it's, it's again. It's I. I. You know. I do. I don't want to get into too much, but I do feel for their fans in the sense that 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 stadium has been taken away from them. They're left with a soulless bowl. <laughs> you know, you have yep. to take the blockers even to watch the watch 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 the game. Um, but yeah, I'm going for West Ham for our, West Ham away in the uh, first Premier League season for a, a high, and for a low. Whew, I don't know. Um, oh, you know, I got a low. Go on. What for the home in the playoffs? Oh Christ! Yeah, the three 0 that was so. If I talk about players not leaving on the pitch that day, was disappointing for me. We sat in some strange seats as well, didn't we? Because we offer. Yeah, because we couldn't get our normal seats for some reason, or, or was it or something like that? And, and we ended up sort of in the middle of the offer for some reason. Um, yeah, well, it was. Yeah, not sure what what happened there. Maybe we missed the deadline or something. Anyway, but yeah, I remember that. And yeah, obviously in the offer you can hear the away fans, and I, I just remember that. Um, I was talking to someone the other day actually and I remember do you remember the um, going back a bit now but 96-97 season where we sat in the R for, for the Leeds game um, yep. the famous Tom and, Thomas Brolin game where he had the bandage and obviously had that kicked to, and, and that fell everywhere and I remember us then we sat right next to the um, the Leeds fans didn't we and I remember I that for that one was I? Did I not go with you then? You might have gone with Dad then, but yeah, I know, I know that I know the game you're talking about with the with the band with the band. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I 
a goal because the badge got knocked off his head. Yeah, because um, I remember being right next to the literally like because there was the, in, in the Arthur there was the barrier, um, and then one seat either side of it. And I remember being on the one on, on the other side of the barrier, and obviously the Leeds fans always make a hell of a lot of noise. Um, but but yeah, that was that was that was an impressive one. But yeah, going for Lowe's, I, I yeah I, I I can't look past probably Charlton. Um, and and I'd, I'd say also maybe the game before that at West Brom because Darren Ambrose had a, cha- had a chance didn't he in the last minute cleared off the line and I felt that that probably relegated us more than you know the draw at Charlton it was it was the inability to take our take our chance for me but um, you're getting a season medal up there you what mate you're getting a season medal up there no I'm not it was West Brom at home because they'd already been promoted and she then... away. Oh shit! I am, aren't I? Sorry, <laughs> I've jumped about five years in that one, haven't I? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, I've been drinking too much beer whilst uh, we've been in lockdown. Um, but yeah, no. I going back to that point though. But yeah, that I, you know, that, that that was one of those moments where I felt that you know, if we took that chance, and obviously Sheffield Wednesday, we it wouldn't have been a, it would have been a non-event. I mean, obviously we were already already going to the game, but it wouldn't have mattered. And you know, I was sort of thinking if that had gone in. You know, Jesus, it just would have been a party, wouldn't it, at Sheffield Wednesday? It would have been fantastic. You know, it would have been so nice to have 90 minutes of a game that didn't matter. And after all that pressure, all the Palace fans, we still sold 6,000 tickets. So you could go there and have a real party. So that was probably a low moment in the sense that it was, a, I felt it was like a missed opportunity. I also remember Neil Dan's getting sent off in that game for what was a silly scrap. He headbutted someone. Yeah, and I remember being so annoyed. We talk about being angry. That's probably the case I was angry at a player. Yeah. Um, yeah, when, when when someone you know, like you said earlier, at times the human uh, reaction to things takes over, and it's obviously very difficult to, to not see a red mist, particularly if you're running around and in a competitive sport like that. Um, but yeah, on that sort of occasion, you've got you got to deal with it, haven't you? Um, and that, that I was probably very angry with him at that point. Um, and I guess I, I remember. Um, do you remember more recently? What was the Jedinak sending off? Well, me and you absolutely lost it. But that was that the Derby game. It was a game when Jedinak headbutted someone. I, that, I, I have vague recollection of that. I, I couldn't tell you what game that was, but I have, I, I have very vague recollection of that. It might be Derby in the club, but I remember those, those sort of occasions when people let 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 the club down or let the side down or the fans down when. You know, I know it's red mist, of course, but but you know, you just feel a little bit then. Yeah, um, you, you kind of expect the players to to they're, they're representing your football club, and you expect them to behave in a professional way. So when they when they don't, I think yeah, I, I get what you're saying that they do. It kind of feels like they let you down, let the club down, let everyone you know that that there's got any sort of connection with the club down if they if they have an unprofessional moment, I guess. But going back to um, a more recent example. Let's see, was that an Espio game? You remember 1st of August, the uh, Europa League qualifier. Espio were playing uh, Shakhtar Sulagorsk with Belarus. And in the 90th minute or 90, was it 92nd minute, it was, it was a, it, the bloke from Shakhtar Sulagorsk, the captain, got sent off. And I remember him just time-wasting, just getting off the pitch. And uh, I think, obviously, we'd had a few beers that game as well, obviously, because in Denmark you can you can drink whilst watching the game. And I remember absolutely losing that one then, just, just, just going, I, I was literally wanted to go down and, and grab the bloke by the, the scruff of the neck and chuck him off the pitch because it was just it was just so infuriating but um and I try not to be the person that sort of gets affected by those sort of things, you know, the whole sort of mantra of, you know, not not you know only worry about what you can control and that sort of thing. But, you know, I think when you've had a few beers and a moment like that happens, uh, it's it's very difficult to stay to stay rational, as it were. So, all right, well, let's have a little break there and we'll come back with a few more uh, bits and pieces, uh, a few more bits that you lined up. You already uh, um, alluded to the cult hero bit. Um, and uh, I must stress that it won't be a, a fan favourite cult hero. It will be someone a bit um, a bit left field, shall we say. Well, but you might have a few more there, so uh, that would be good to have a, a chat about that. Hello and welcome to part two of the Six Pointer Podcast. And we alluded to earlier that we we're going to talk about cult heroes, but I think we need to rename that really because I think maybe we should call, we should call it um, unfashionable favourite players. Maybe that maybe that's a better term. Would you agree? Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So unfashionable favourite players. So ones that potentially weren't didn't get cult hero status within the club or, or weren't perhaps 
widely recognized for their ability uh, but you know just just ones that we really liked and, and we had felt we had not a connection with but you know really enjoyed watching them play football or try to play football football in some of the cases I, I think that's clearly gonna gonna come up um but you know obviously i'm not gonna ask you for just one but you know maybe two or three if if, if, you, if you can sort of narrow it down to those if, if you've got any any ideas matthew so um I think someone who was around just after the admin season, uh, who was often played out of position, um, always gave his absolute all, had, had clear deficiencies in ability, but made up for it from my perspective in work rate, determination, and then... Um, I'm going to say this a couple of times, actually. They, they, they say, don't meet your heroes. I'm not saying this guy's my hero, but um, he, he was just a genuinely nice chat we met as well. Um, so David Wright. Yeah, that was one of mine. That was, I'm, I'm going to have to think of another one now. Go on. <laughs> so he, um, he, I think we signed him as a left-back. Mm. Um, well, number three. Yeah, and he did, he did play left-back, but then they, they played him a lot for, I think, a couple of seasons, actually, in centre midfield. Defence midfield. Yeah, and he... Um, you know, he, get a, he got a lot of stick from the, from the fans because often his passing would be quite off because um, he wasn't a sort of a get hold of the ball, spray it around player. But what he was was someone who read the game really well, mm. broke up play really well, um, it got Palace back on the ball, got us back possession when we, when we didn't have it. He was like, a, uh, I, I call him a disruptor. You know, he disrupted the other team's flow, didn't he? Which is how I always remember it. Yeah, he did. He did, and he did. He did. He did a good job of it, and um, and I always felt he just gave a hundred and ten percent. So yeah, he was one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, amazed by how good Craig Moore was, yeah. the centre back. So we signed him when all the madness was going on with Goldberg and Venables and all that sort of stuff. Did we come, was it Celtic he came from? Was it Glasgow Rangers? Oh, Glasgow Rangers was it? Sorry. Yeah, but he was like, I mean, when when you talk about Lombardo, and I remember, I remember watching Lombardo for Palace, and he was just like two or three passes or moves ahead of everyone in his head, in, in his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this Craig Moore was in a similar vein. He was such a good centre back, so solid, so dependable, so strong. Um, so yeah, I think he. I think a lot of people did actually rate him at the time, but I think you know he was a. He was one of the best centre backs I've ever seen play for Palace. Um, uh, I really liked Scott Sinclair. We had him on loan. Yep. I remember that team that we had that obviously made the playoffs with Warnock and didn't make it all the way because we lost to Bristol City in the end. We had two legs, but oh, I remember that Burnley at home game. We won five nil, I think it was. <laughs> I mean, Went to Tiger Tiger afterwards, and we met after the players in there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, they were all there. Um, but I mean, he and that that team was just immense. Him and Victor Moses on the wings. But mm. he was he was a fantastic player. I was gutted we didn't sign him. Yeah, he's one. My favourite one ever though is gonna be Clint Hill. Yes. Who I'm sure you'll agree. Um, You're nicking it, all my all my all my ones here, mate. Sorry, sorry. But if you're talking about someone who leaves 110 percent, this bloke left a thousand percent on the pitch. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, you know, he got stuck in, he liked to tackle, and you just felt he, he, he sort of, you felt he bought into uh, what it meant to play for Crystal Palace, and I've seen him do so for other clubs since, uh, but I'm not I'm not sort of um, deflated by that, I just see him as a chap who genuinely loves football, is passionate about it, but recognises what it means to fans, because he is a fan, you know, he's been, obviously I've heard him be very vocal about being a Liverpool fan. Mm. And fair play to him, it's his football club. But it doesn't mean that he hasn't bought into other clubs and I've seen him play for um, play for Palace and, and play very well for us. So, yeah, and then again, that night, you've referred to that night in Tiger Tiger in Croydon. He was there, wasn't he? And Danny Butterfield. And you said to him, say hello to him. And he said, oh, my brother's over there. He's a, he's a sort of a fan of yours as well. And he said, oh, I'll come over and sit with you. So we had a beer with him. Mm. You know, and he was smashed. He was smashed, no doubt, you know. Well, they were all were the Palace, Palace players that night. But... Um, yeah, yeah, we had a little, little chat with him and a really nice bloke. So, so yeah, he, he is probably my number one. I know you've got a signed shirt, obviously, haven't you? I do. That we took to the um, Player of the Year Awards. Yeah. 
um, and got him to sign. Again, a little chat with him there as well. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's probably my my number one Colt, or you know, maybe not 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 sort of someone who might be called out as your most favourite ever player. Mm. He for me was pretty uh, pretty special. Under the radar favourite player. This this to go with that. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to. Andy Roberts, do you remember Andy Roberts? I I, I remember I, I I used to like him because I always felt that he had that bit of bite. I mean, um, I know there were some Palace fans that didn't like his sort of Millwall connection because we got him from Millwall and he, I think we even sold him back to Millwall as, as well. Um, I think he might be a Millwall fan. Was it? Was that what the case? Yeah, but I, oh yeah, I remember him being a South London boy and I, I just remember him being like. Yeah, he, no no nonsense. He, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing him get sent off for, for things that he shouldn't have done a few times. But um, he scored that goal against Leicester, obviously in the playoff final. And I remember him being instrumental in the in the, the season um, after that as well. Then when we got to Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United in the in the playoffs as well. So um, someone who probably wasn't lauded as as like you say a very technical player, but um, I think he played sort of centre back and mid centre midfielder, defensive midfielder at times, didn't he? War number four all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Andy Roberts is one of them. Um, I'm really annoyed that you took David Wright and Clint Hill from me because uh, they, they 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 were they were mine as well. Um, but I was talking actually to Anders and Jan um, about when I started to watch football um, and I, I think I now carry that sort of flame now still for old-fashioned English centre-forwards you know big centre-forwards who you know no nonsense you know you go and you watch when you watch them not off the ball you know they're having a proper body with the uh, defenders and it's a real physical battle and, and I love that sort of that sort of player so someone who probably wasn't um anyone's favourite and probably people were thinking when we signed him why the hell did we sign him but James Scowcroft I remember in that Warnock season when we, we nearly got to the player final obviously you alluded to earlier Bristol City in, a, in the semi-finals ones that I want to forget pretty quickly um, but James Scowcroft in that season was, was unbelievable I think he scored a hat-trick in the opening game of the season against Southampton didn't he and then yeah. he scored that wonder goal which I think won goal of the season that season against uh, Wolves wasn't it away Bolly. Yeah, the body from outside the box, which is unbelievable. And and something I always like about those moments, you can always tell it's a fantastic goal when you see the home fans or the, away, the, the opposition fans applauding it. You know, you saw it with Man City and, and, and Andrews Townsend last season as well. And, you know, you, you just know that's that's when it's a really special goal. But, yeah, Jamie Scowcroft, I think, because he was a, a no-nonsense, you know, big bloke, you know. Um, he gets stuck in and, and yeah, he, he certainly played his part with, with Clinton Morrison and... Um, Scott Sinclair and Victor Moses, like you said as well, that that season it was almost like a front four of 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 real um, real attacking prowess that, that that worked really well. Just something just clicked. Um, I think probably you've got to thank Neil Warnock for bringing in that sort of mentality of having the two young lads on the wing and and the, the, the sort of the the old steady head of of James Scowcroft in the middle and and doing what he could to to lay it off to people like Morrison and Sinclair. Peter Taylor signed him. He did. You're right. The season before. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Peter Taylor gets a lot of criticism, but actually signed some quite good players in his time. Stuart Green, great player. Well, yeah, I mean like that. <laughs> I was also when I was thinking of Clint Hill, I remember it. They actually came on loan to start with. So yeah, that's right. It was one of Warnock's first ever signs, wasn't he, Clint Hill? So it was because I don't know if it, I don't know how much truth there was in this, but do you remember the story that because um, Liam Court was very proud of this uh, record that he had, never being booked as a centre back. And Warnock hated that because you know he he, he likes his bustling centre backs, you know, get stuck in really, you know, upset the the, the, the attackers. And I think it was um, he wanted to get him out the, out the door straight away. Um, and yeah, the fact that Clint Hill could play centre back and left back um, was a bonus. And he came in and he did really well. I remember him. And God, do you remember we had Paul Dickoff on loan that season as well, and he. That, that was a strange one, wasn't it? I mean, he played only sort of out. Did he only play one game for us? Maybe I, I only remember seeing one game that he played. Anyway. I, remember, I remember him. I remember him playing um, a midweek game. I think we we saw him playing the reserves actually at one point, and I remember mm-hmm. him being so far off the pace. Um, I don't know if that was injury or lack of match press. I think was he shift? Was he in Man City at the time we saw? Online for Man City, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking it's so good. Where I was going with it was that um, I actually had him in mind. I was thinking about some of the players we'd had on loan over the years. 
and how you know the nature of loan is they can be already hit and miss, can't they? Right for, for many reasons. But you know he's been a bit of a he was a bit of a disappointment for me. Um, and then I was thinking about other ones. And I know he's done an interview recently on the um, I think with Palace on the sort of looking back piece they're doing at the minute. James Vaughan, yes. I remember he was he was really really good up front for us. I remember being disappointed we didn't sign him actually, um, and I remember um, he was in, in the same sort of team as Neil Dans, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think he was that Bur- that George Burley, um, uh, Dougie Freeman sort of season post admin. Yeah, um, I remember we played we talked about Leeds Leeds away game went to him and played there, and he was fantastic up front leading line for us. Um, you know other other sort of um, Ones I was thinking of, um, sort of uh, loan related. Um, we had, um, was it from Leicester, Tunchev? Tunchev, yeah, yeah, the defender. Yeah, he, he was class, wasn't he? Yeah, I remember him, he being really good. Again, I'd be disappointed if we didn't sign him. But the one that always sticks out for me, and again, it's about that sort of post, that sort of, I think it was, ad, was it admin or pre might have been the pre admin season actually with Warnock, was um, Craig Beatty. Yes. Um, and he really put himself about, didn't he? You talk about that sort of big, bustling centre forward. And then again, someone also in that period who we never saw, I think had a bit of a trouble career with David Goodwillie. Do you remember we had him on loan? Yeah, so he got himself into a lot of trouble, I think. Didn't Believe he? so, yeah. yeah. But he, again, he, he had the makings of a big, you know, steady centre forward. So I always think about Palace's loan. He, he always had the same sort of frame as Conor Wickham, I thought. Like, he's, he's a big, yeah. big yeah, gentleman, so, yeah. Docky built, but but you know clearly real, real strong, hustling, bustling. Somebody who put the ball up to them and they'd win it, you know, they'd, and they put their all into it as well. So I, th- I think that's that's another one of mine is, is Conor Wickham actually, um, because I know he's much maligned for injuries and people have sort of written him off, but I always maintain, you know, you keep Conor fit. I mean, God knows how you do keep Conor fit, but if you keep Conor fit and he, you 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 play him in a run of games, sort of six, seven games in a row, he'll score, probably score you about three goals, three or four goals. Um, and I always, always, again, going back to the old-fashioned centre-forward, you know, he's, he's he reminds me of, of that, you know, but he's he's got so much power and, and, you know, he had a good turn of pace and I don't know if we're ever going to see the same sort of player after the, sort of the injury that he had. Um, we, we know that, that through, through history that that can um, change how players... Play how they how they put themselves about, you know, whether it's be a, a mental thing, you know, not when to put yourself at risk through getting another injury, or also, you know, when you have a large injury that much, like like Connor's had, you know, you just break down in niggly little injuries, and that's what kept him out for about two years, wasn't it? Unfortunately, um, but through that first period, this first season that he played for us, you know, he scored some really important goals, you know, notwithstanding the the Watford game, the the, the semi final at uh, Wembley, which was a a great a great. Um, moment wasn't it um certainly well i say better than the fa cup final but jason punching you know that, that those three minutes were, were fantastic but the rest of the, the rest of the game not so much unfortunately i also just on this sort of category i think calvin andrew was one of those as well i mean mm. again he clearly wasn't the um, classiest of players but you know he worked hard you know how he got away with that mad karate kick he did mike dean thank you very much yeah, the Sheffield Wednesday game was uh, was was beyond everyone, I think. Um, but again, you know, he was in that team and they put themselves around. Adam Lee again. Yeah. You know, a lot. It's, it's funny. A lot of these players are in in less um, positive times. They're more in times where you're up against the wall or you know against against things. And I think you know again it goes back to putting that effort in makes people feel them as their cult or their you know special players mm. because of, of what they put in. You you alluded to the loan players there earlier, and I, do you remember Marco Reich? We had him on loan from. Christ. Was it a loan or a trial? I think it might be a trial to start. No, with. So it, was, it, was, it was. I think it was a loan to start with. Oh no, you're right. With he was, wasn't he? And yeah. he was brilliant, wasn't he? He scored something like four goals for us, and he scored two in that QPR away game, which was on Sky. You went to that, didn't you? No, I mean you watched it on TV. I, I, I went. I, I went to your think of the game. I went to QPR. The, it was the last minute night game uh, wasn't on Sky oh okay um, Clint Hill scored and Clinton Morrison yeah Danny Shitu scored after a couple of minutes and then we were terrible for the first half okay I remember, I remember Michael- Neil Warnock brought, brought on Lee Hills for his debut at left back he sort of pretty much played left wing 
and um, I think he put Victor Moses on as well. But um, yeah, Clint Hill and and Clinton Morrison got two. But the, the game I was referring to was I think it was a free kick and then another goal. One two one. It might have been three one actually. It was like a volley, wasn't it? It was like a volley, but he like moved his his feet, shifted his feet really quickly to get across the ball because it was coming across the front of him. But the, the, the try. Yeah, did Clinton score as well that game? I think he might have done. Might have been, yeah. I think it was 3-1. I think 3-1 might have yeah. been. But yeah, the tragedy there being, obviously, once we signed him in a professional deal, he just went downhill, didn't he? Um, and I think I've always been a bit wary of, of players about that. And that's why, you know, I've been so amazed with Jordan Ayew. You know, last season, I'm, I'm, I put up my hands up last season. I, I didn't think he was, you know, up to much at all. I didn't think he was putting enough effort in. I didn't think, you know, I think there was a time, was it Man United away early in the last season? Yeah, where he's, he'd just come on and um, in the, the 85th minute or whatever it was, in his injury time, and he just wouldn't chase the ball down. I remember being so angry at that. You know, you just come on the pitch, mate. There's no excuse for you not to be chasing down everything. Um, and, you know, this season he's just turned it all around, hasn't he? And he's, he, he probably will be end up being a cult hero, you know, given his, his current standing and... God knows what happens with this, this, this situation, but if we can go back to playing football, hopefully he can still carry on that form which he which he which he uh, which he's had this season. You know, scoring with eight goals, eight nine goals already this season. Um, which for a Palace striker, you know, <laughs> that's that's a hell of a lot of goals, isn't it? I mean, we haven't had people scoring that many goals since I don't know. Uh, you talking Murray's obviously um, a long time ago, but you know, I can't think of a very prolific forward. Palace player um, for a long time. For me, no, I don't think. I think you're right. You know, we haven't had someone for a long time, which, which again is testament to the the job that's been done to keep the team where they are. Fraser Campbell, another one I was going to mention because I, I really like Fraser because I thought that again, put, not not the most technically gifted, but it put in a big shift. And you know, I always felt a bit sorry for Fraser because he, you know, tends to get thrown in the cup games, didn't he, rather than league games, and he'd only come on for sort of ten minutes at the end of league games, and he'd be expected to work miracles. But he always chased down everything, and he he was someone who I, I I really liked. Um, and I was I was sad that Palace decided not to renew his contract, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, there we go. Where are we go next, then, Matthew? This is this is your choice. Well, so the, the, the probably let's let's do let's do the sort of uh, favourite ever player because it probably feels quite nicely to it. But I think it's, this will probably be a relatively quick one compared to the last discussion. Mm. So the usual names obviously come out uh, when I'm thinking about mine. I'm thinking about Dougie uh, or Doug Doug Friedman. Doug Friedman, boy, that's called him. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jules, um, absolute legend. Whichever way you look at it, um, Clinton, another one for me. Yeah. I remember being there, pretty much down in the midst of it, when he threw himself into the crowd when we beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0. Uh, was it 97, I think it was? Last game of the season. Yeah, it was Sheffield Wednesday. Sure, you're right. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Pressman, wasn't it? He beat Kevin Pressman, yeah. We were there in the Holmesdale behind when he jumped in. So that, 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 that and, you know, obviously what he'd done and um, for the club ever since then and the fact he's still involved now in cleaning Lost Palace, which mm. you know, stands for me. Uh, Wilf, um, obviously another name. Um, probably the best player we've ever seen at Palace uh, consistently but I'm probably going to land on because I think he is the best ever player I've seen play with Palace and because of the impact he made but the excitement that I got out of it i never forget being on holiday with actually with you uh, mum and dad in Spain and um, you could get the, the paper from over the road mm. and I went over the road and just have a look at the papers and I saw, I think it was the back of the sun or the mirror or something like that, one of the usual sort of ones that was good for football, that Palace was going to buy Lombardo. Oh my God, I've never been so excited about a signing. Mm. Um, and he was, like I said earlier, amazing. He was, I believe, I strongly believe he was two or three sort of passes in his head away, uh, you know. Ahead a snooker of, player. Yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah, and the, just the excitement of him being there. And I've still got that shirt on by the number seven. Um, so for, probably for me, him, and, and, you know, he stayed with us, didn't he, as well? And he talks about how, you know, he, he has an affection for the club, which, like I said a number of times, means a lot to me. So pro- probably him for me. Followed yeah. by Jules, probably, very closely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I echo your views. But for me, one that you mentioned, but Dougie Freeman for me, um, I think maybe because... When I first started watching Palace, obviously he he just been signed for the club, um, and he was obviously the first sort of goal scorer that I remember. Um, 
it was either him or Bruce Dyer, and so obviously I chose Dougie Freeman. Um, but I remember him because he, he had that he had that touch of class, didn't he? And he was especially as he got older as well. He became an older player. He sort of I always liked him when he, he sort of played a little bit deeper because I always thought he had a great footballing brain, did Dougie, and he could, he could pick out a pass. And he was really good at sort of playing um, other players through, but. I've never never seen another player with a, a cool ahead. Well, I say cool ahead. I mean, in terms of like penalties and things like that, you could always depend on Dougie. But you know, me and you have seen. Do you remember, do you remember that game against Port Vale, which meant that he he, he um, got sent off, didn't he? And which meant that he. So I don't know how how it quite works because the first semi final against Wolves in the players, he he was able to play that game and obviously scored some important goals, didn't he? Or very important goal. But then he was suspended for the. Um, the next game in the, in the final. I'm not really sure how that, Palace must have appealed or something. I, obviously, it's a long time ago. We're talking like 96, 97. But um, yeah, Doug Dougie for me because he was just so reliable and he had that touch of class. And um, you know, one of the first Palace songs was I remember singing was one Dougie Freeman. You know, so uh, walking along, singing a song. Um, I remember that we sold him as well, and I thought we sold him for pennies as well to. Uh... Forest or Wolves, Wolves. And then he went to Forest, didn't he? Then we got him back from Forest, didn't we? Wasn't wasn't he wasn't that part of the New Emblem deal or something straight something stupid like that when we went up? No, I think, don't think it was. Cause I think he was with us still in the Premier League that year. I think he, saw... he went in January. I think. Did he? I think okay. he went in January that season. Emblem had signed before then because I remember seeing him play early in the season. Mm, okay. There might have been some sort of swap or something involved somewhere. Luke. Maybe Neil Emblem. Oh, sorry, Neil Emblem going back. You mean? Maybe Neil Emblem going back to no, I don't know. We have to look into that. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, and I'll never forget Dougie Dougie in that in that sort of that spray canned red and blue. Yeah, you know, the one, I mean, the TDK one as well. Yeah, that shirt. And, yeah, 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 right. yeah. And and then I guess we talked a little bit already about sort of disappointing players. You mentioned Paul Dickoff. You know, I, I really <laughs> did to be more. And um, Padovano was one for me. I was again really excited about him signing. You know, Juventus. You know, we're signing two players Juventus, but. We didn't, we didn't really do much we did play did he he scored that amazing uh, goal at Leicester away remember that that's, yeah at Filbert Street and then yeah I don't think he um, yeah we we, did, we never really saw the best of him really um, but you know I know it's been in the Athletic recently but um, Nicola Ventola I mean I think I, I was very excited when we signed him you know into Milan player you know coming to Palace and obviously he was a big name um, and wasn't getting any game time in so it was a chance for him to come um, and you know, I was gutted when he, he got injured, and then for him to come and come back against Southampton and score that goal, it was almost like a dream come true, wasn't it? And yeah, if, if people want to read the Athletic article, he talks about how he felt that was going to be his moment, and how he wanted to repay Palace and the fitness staff, you know, for, for st- sticking by him and Inter as well. Um, and he felt that that goal, obviously, if we'd won that game, we would have, we would have stayed up. Um, not been for Danny fucking Higginbottom, and uh, and but uh, more more Danny Danny Granville's fault. I, I'm, I'm blaming Danny Granville for that, not not tracking his man. But um, but yeah, had he, had we won that game, Ventura would have would have signed for another season. You know, him in the Premier League, fully fit. You know, I think that would have been could have been fantastic for us. You know. Yeah, there's 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 a few who could have been very good. Nearly men. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I was always I was quite encouraged when we signed Jordan Much because I thought it's exactly what we need to be doing, you know, bringing in the the young up and coming players who'd, you know, it's it's always it's good with developing our own, but you know, if we can also bring in um, younger players from elsewhere and strengthen that, and he was, yeah, I don't know, he was a professional footballer, poor guy. I mean, it just, <laughs> but he felt really out of place there, and he was, it, that was really disappointing. He was in the um, Jimmy Kebe category. Oh, he was another one, wasn't he? Well, I think to be fair, there's quite a few when we went up because, God, we splashed a lot of cash when we went up, obviously. And I think quite foolishly, really, on a lot of players that we shouldn't have, people like Jerome Thomas. Oh, God, do you remember him trying to lob the Everton goalkeeper? Um, it would have been Tim Howe, wouldn't he, at the home game? And yeah, I've never forgiven for that for some reason. That sticks in my mind. But yeah, we, we, we signed a lot of strange players that Kebe as well, that he only played sort of about. 60 minutes I think for Palace in total and then the next time we saw him was the uh, lap of honour and him walking around in his flip-flops <laughs> and uh, yeah I think people he was he was reported to be on quite a high wage as well because he was he was he was seen to be as the championship cream of the crop wasn't he he was one of the best players in the championship 
So it was almost like, ah, oh, this this is the sort of player that Palace should be getting, you know, the top of the the championship, you know, to, to bring them into the Premier League, give them the chance, and you know they can really shine for us. But I don't know what happened there, but he just, yeah, it didn't work, did it? It just. It, I think it, you might have fallen out of football since, actually. Really? I think it might have worked, but yeah, there might be some more more to it there. I mean, David was another one, Edgar David. Again, the excitement we signed him, particularly given we'd been in administration the year before. Yeah. You mentioned the Derby game. I mean, goodness me, they they poor poor bloke. They made it look very silly. Well, I think he only played three games, for Palace, didn't he? Because it was there was the League Cup game at Portsmouth where Wolf got sent off. I remember that because allegedly for spitting, wasn't it? And then it got rescinded because I mean they looked at it and decided that he didn't do it. And yeah, there's obviously the the, the, the five 0 at Derby and then the game that was on telly, I think it was, which was the QPR home game where Jules dropped it in the last minute against Hyder Helgers and said we lost three two, I think. Um, Kieran Cadogan scored and then they went right up the other end didn't they um, but I think that was a very clever signing wasn't it because it was it was almost like a PR job wasn't it it was it had Steve Parrish's you know marketing background written all over it didn't it you know Palace just come out of administration and you know it was almost to give people a bit of a lift and they did you know I remember being in the club shop you know the day that he signed and there was a queue of about 15-20 people all getting David's 20s printed on the back of their shirts you know um, so it worked pretty well didn't it but uh, unfortunately um, he couldn't recapture the form, um, which is unsurprising considering he was 37, 38 at the time. Um, I would have liked to know how much he was he was he was being paid, um, but his his contract was cancelled before the end of the season, wasn't it? So he went to Barnet then, didn't he? Player manager at Barnet, I think. So rightly, yeah. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, he went down in my estimations because, as you know, I've got a thing about squad numbers and uh, players that shouldn't be wearing certain squad numbers, and he decided to wear number one at Barnet. So uh, that's pretty unforgivable for me. The other, the other thing, sort of category I was thinking of is, from a disappointing perspective, is players who come through and looked really, really good and then for, for some reason have not made it. So you mentioned Lee Hills before. Yeah. I mean, he came through and looked like a really sort of, uh, you know, quick, intelligent, uh, was it left back, I think? Left back. Yeah, he had a lot of pace, didn't he? I remember a really quick left back, yeah. I remember Matthew Parsons was another one. Christ, I think Dougie yeah. put him through. I think he played against Norwich at home. I'm hoping I'm making that up. Norwich, I'm pretty sure at home. And he did not look out of place at all. He was taking people on. He was working hard. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what quite happened to him, but again, he was another one that, you know, you see these, these lads coming through and it's massive they get a chance. And for them to then fall away, is really, it's really such a shame. So um, it, it, that's how the sort of yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think there was a certain period where we saw a lot of Palace youth players coming through, and it was sort of you know in the hard times. So it was before this before we went to administration. So Warnock sort of fielded a lot of Kieran Dejali's and um, is it? Do you remember that? Kyle De Silva as well? Um, people like that. Big, Big Mo got his. Big Moses, yeah, of course, yeah. Big Big Moses got his got his chance then as well. But yeah, I'm thinking more of the sort of peripheral players, like you were saying, after admin. Then obviously we had Dougie, who was keen on bringing through a lot of players, and you know, he gave debuts to quite a few players. You know, the Kieran Cadogans and um, Christ, I'm trying to remember who else now. Um, I think I think our midfield that, at that point, you know, was at the start of the season where he was working with George Burley, was full of a lot of young players that were, that were coming through, and. and Warnock started to play the Jar- Kieran Dejali, didn't he? He played yeah. Dargan. Um... I remember Dejali scoring against Blackpool away. I remember that. Just just before, um, not before we went to admin. It might have been before we went to admin, actually. Um... There was a keeper as well. I think I think he might have been the keeper on the bench for the um, Sheffield Wednesday game. He was like 15, I think. Not Lance Char- Cronin. Sorry? Not Lance Cronin. I'm, I'm, am I going back yeah. too far then? That's a long time ago. No, Charlie Mann, I think his name oh, was. Charlie Mann, bloody hell. I think, if I'm right, he was very young. He was only like 15 or 16. Yeah. What if Jules got injured in that game? <laughs> yeah, so if someone had uh, done a Calvin Andrew to Jules. But, uh, oh, yeah. but Warnock had the, had, the, had the thing, really. He didn't really like to have um, goalkeepers on the bench. And we were at the Southampton away game, unfortunately, yeah. where... It was, it was again, it was, I think it was a May Day bank holiday. It was a really hot, sunny day, wasn't it? And... Was it our friend Tom? Was was he living down there at the time, or he knew he knew the area well because he went to university there, didn't he? Um, I think he might. I think he might. Have was he living down there? He worked. He worked in Southampton, I think, for a year. I think he was there at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm oh, yeah. going down there and making a bit, a bit of a, a day of it. But um, but yeah, Southampton were 
going to the administration and they got relegated unfortunately started the next season with minus 12 points or whatever it was because of something to do with how the administrators came in um, but yeah obviously was it Jules Jules would have been in goal then wouldn't he and he went off and Clint Hill had to go in only, only briefly but um, that was that was a good moment seeing him don the gloves and I think I can't remember many other times that I've seen Palace players do that. I mean, I know, I know there's John Solarco, there's a famous picture of John Solarco winning for, for when Nigel Martin winning was injured once. Um, but I don't think we've ever really done that. But that was, again, because of Warnock's strange strategy of, of never having a goalkeeper on the bench because I think that he felt it was a bit of a wasted place. Because um, this face, how many times do you, uh, does the goalkeeper get injured? But um, yeah, obviously, when it does happen, you're, you're without a paddle, as they say. So yeah. All right, mate. Well, we'll leave it there. I've, I've enjoyed that. Thanks. It's, it's been quite nice to talk about Palace, and um, hopefully our listeners have enjoyed enjoyed us uh, recounting some of our memories and try to keep away from the, the most famous memories and maybe, maybe some of the obscure ones that will trigger a few people's memories. Hopefully, yeah, it'd be good to hear ones that you know from the last twenty or so years, particularly obviously because that's the bracket we're talking about. Mm. That we've maybe missed any of the listeners who can think of other their own personal sort of games or players or memories and I think that stick out because I think it'd be good to good to think about other perspectives on it obviously we've just got our own perspectives and often a lot of the games we've been to together mm. um, so it'd be good to get other ideas and thoughts on it so if you do have other thoughts how do they get in touch Luke? Well they can do so mate by uh, two, two, two mediums so there's our, our Twitter page which is at Six Pointer Podcast and also our Instagram page again, Axis Pointer Podcast. Thank you for setting that one up. So yeah, we've got uh, we post obviously the uh, the links on there. So yeah, please do get in touch. You can DM us or write to us on Twitter, and uh, yeah, love to hear from some more of our listeners, um, whether it be Danish or or English or Christ. I looked at our our analytics the other day, and we've got listeners in Argentina. We've got some in Chile for some reason. I don't know if you're listening from Chile. Hello. Um, Hi. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to get in touch. Why, why are you listening from Chile? Um, maybe six pointer means something else in Chile. Who knows? But um, they might, 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 might be a bit disappointed. But they're still listening, which is good. So uh, you know. Not anymore. They're not. <laughs> not anymore. No. Well, it's all right. We're, we're just ending the podcast now, so that's fine. Um, Matthew, thank you very much for your time. Um, happy Easter. Uh, I hope you. you stay safe, and to our listeners as well. I hope everyone stays safe. Wash your hands. Stay indoors. Don't be an idiot and go out and ruin it for everyone. Let's hopefully get past this. And um, why are you showing me the news, Drew? I'm, ju- I'm just, we're on FaceTime, by the way, for listeners. Obviously, uh, when, obviously we, we can't be physically together to do this. Uh, yeah, I polished off a whole Easter egg during the, uh, during the pod, so uh, yeah. it's been a good use of time. Thank well, you. I haven't had an Easter egg yet. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of Easter eggs or I try not to eat chocolate, especially during this lockdown period when I'm not, I'm still being active, obviously doing the exercise and things like that, but I'm trying to avoid eating that sort of stuff. But, you know, might treat myself. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, all right, well, we'll be back soon, I hope, we've, uh, once we've had some more developments. You know, hopefully we'll have some news on the Premier League or you know when Palace might be playing a game again soon. But if not, I'm sure we'll be able to be creative. It's been good fun. Hello. Cheers, mate. Take care. The Six Pointer Podcast. <laughs>